0: Good morning, good evening, and good day. You're listening to Drama Buds, an anima podcast. So hello, everyone. Welcome to today's episode of Drama Buds. After three years of watching K-dramas, after three separate watches, I have watched One Spring Night, for the third time okay I am finally talking about it on the podcast. just to put this into context just so you know how crazy three watches is for me. my liberation notes I've watched five times Hosplay three times fully and then many scenes and band songs you know over and over again. me saying I think I only did two watches and I got halfway through a third one. Live Doctor Romantic, my Mister. All those dramas, I've also just watched twice. And yet One Spring Night gets three watches. (laughs) And the thing is, I loved it in my first watch in 2020. I still loved it, but I kind of understood more of its flaws in 2021. And in 2023, I love it even more now. I'm even more aware of its issues, but I feel like I came out of this watch just appreciating it even more than I have when I was twenty, when I was twenty-one years old. So basic details. This has the same PD and pansok PD, by the way. Who is finally coming back to K drama land? Just so you know, he cast Jong Ryo Won in something, and the male lead is not confirmed yet. And I am afraid of whoever that could be. But we are praying that it's someone that I want to watch. Anyway, so Anpan Suk PD also directed Something in the Rain, Secret Love Affair, Heard It Through the Grapevine, and this also has the same writer as Something in the Rain. It stars Han Ji Min, who I've seen in "The Light in Your Eyes" Our "Blues Yonder," and Jong Hae In, who I've seen in "One Spring Night," DT, "Person Playbook." So it's about a woman who's been in a long term relationship that she doesn't want it to lead to marriage, right? And then she meets a guy that she instantly feels a connection with. And she finds out that this guy is a single dad and that he knows her boyfriend somewhat through mutual friends. And they navigate through their weird growing feelings for each other while understanding that no matter how it happens, when it happens, there's always something to be said about their situation, about how they started, about him being a single father, about him having a child and her having to take care of it. It just feels like it's impossible for this relationship to survive. Disclaimer, you may need to listen to my Something in the Rain episode because I'm gonna make a lot of comparisons to this and Something in the Rain and how much this writer and director tandem has improved in the span of a year. Starting with plot and characters, we have Yi Jong-in, played by Han Ji-min. So she is the middle child among three sisters. Their father is a retiring school principal who wants to work for the foundation headed by her boyfriend's father. And so she's been in this long-term relationship with Kwon gi played by Kim Jun-han. But every time someone brings up marriage, whether it's her parents or him, Jong-in like, avoids the conversation. She just doesn't want to talk about it. Ji doesn't mind that their relationship is pretty passionless, right? That Jong In is always being cold or they're fighting more often because he thinks, eh, they're, they're bound to get married anyway. Everyone has rough patches, but at the end of it, they're gonna get married. And when he says that to her, I think it's that statement that kind of sets something off in her. Right? Because she's known by her family and her friends to have a very, very fiery, very stubborn personality. Right? She's willing to be rude. She's willing to be very forward and to look bad to others if she wants something. She is fiercely loyal to her friends and her family. She's principled. She's passionate about her relationships. And so allowing her romantic relationship to stagnate like this and, you know, being indecisive about breaking up or not and letting herself kind of be herded into marriage, it's so out of character for her, for Jong-in as a person. And then she meets Yunjiho Jiho in a chance encounter. And the moment that they feel a something-something, <laughs> the moment they feel a spark, they already lay everything out. She says she has a boyfriend. He says he has a kid. And immediately, okay, yeah, this this can't work, right? And they're actively trying to dissuade each other and push each other away. But they also kind of they can't help what they feel, right? They can't help themselves from meeting and from having these feelings. And so Jongin's journey as a character is really about being proactive about her life again. Right? She won't allow herself to be herded into marriage with Kisok. She'll break up with him. She'll introduce herself to his father after four years that she's never met her boyfriend's father. And she'll declare that, no, I will not marry your son. Okay, And then she's going to fight for Jiho. She's going to meet his kid and bond with him. And she's going to defend her right to love him. And his right to be loved even in this difficult, almost impossible situation. And then we have Yoon Jiho, played by Jong Haein. He's a pharmacist from a good school who secretly has a son that he's left with his parents because his then girlfriend left them after she gave birth. And though his parents took care of his son so that you know he could live alone and he could still have a life, Jiho has kind of given up on finding someone and he just focuses on work and trying to see Unu as much as he can. And his mother keeps telling him to date. You know, you shouldn't give up yet. You're young. You're handsome. This isn't the end. But she also says that he should find another single mother to date. Because they're the only ones who will be able to understand each other's situation. Right? And then he meets Jong-in. And as much as he tries, he tries his very best to kill the spark. But neither of them can do it. They have mutual circles, his friends and her sister, they get along. He lives in the same building as her co-worker and her friend, and they just can't avoid each other. And even the fact that they know each other outside of the circles that they're expected to know each other, it's questionable to others, right? And then Gisok finds out about his son and starts looking down on him, starts pitying him and his son, and while he's also forcing himself into Jong-in's life again to ruin their relationship. The moment he finds out about Jiho's son and then finds out that Jong-in is breaking up with him and then seen with Jiho, it drives him crazy that this pathetic loser of a guy with a child is beating him. And this is what I like most about Jiho's character. He also has some of that fiery, fierce, protective quality that Jong-in has, right? When it comes to his son, he will not take any crap from anyone, okay? He will not let his son grow up feeling like his father is ashamed of him, that there's something wrong with him because he doesn't have a mother. Jiho has internalized all that pain and shame and guilt and fear so that Uno never has to experience it himself. And that's how Jiho ended up being so scared and closed off to the possibility of someone new in their lives. And so his journey now is accepting Jongin's love, accepting that he deserves to be loved, he can be loved, and accepting that he can have his son He can have someone he loves and it's possible for her to love Uno as well, like he can have it all. This is possible for him. Once again, I'm so sorry. I will constantly be making comparisons to Something in the Rain throughout this entire episode. Because objectively, One Spring Night is such an improvement on it that I cannot believe it took them less than a year to come up with this, to write it, and to start filming it. Now, I mentioned this in my Something in the Rain episode. As much as I am a fan of Anpansok PD and his visual style and his long, slow takes and his use of music, repetitive music, the same five tracks over and over again, it was excessive in Something in the Rain. It was too much, okay? There were episodes there that hit like 80 minutes, but I swear you can shave 10 minutes off the episode by taking out, you know, a slow-mo shot or a music video moment here and there. I swear, you know, it's still gorgeous. It still adds to the romantic melodrama atmosphere. But even I, as a fan of the director, can say, that's too much. Now, going back to One Spring Night, I met, wow, met, I met Ann Sok PD through this drama, and even though I hadn't watched a lot of gay dramas by then, like if I remember correctly, this is my eighth drama overall. Uh there's just something special about his visual style and his use of music, right? I already noticed his long continuous takes and the repetitive songs. That were all very good songs, by the way. I love the music here. Three years later, I can still listen to the same five, six tracks on loop. And the songs like No Direction or Is It You, they're so much more upbeat compared to the music in Something in the Rain. And so it just feels like there's a beating heart pushing these characters to each other while they're driving, while they're walking, while they're deciding that, you know what, I will act on this. I won't just wait around. And don't get me wrong, there are still those long stretches of slow-mo shots or quiet scenes where it takes them forever to do anything or say anything. But because the runtime is generally contained within 65 minutes, the director is now forced to restrain himself. Which, by the way, this may be impacted by the move from JTBC to MBC. Something in the rain was in JTBC. And if I recall correctly, he's worked with JTBC a lot over the years. But yeah, One Spring Night was in MBC and the runtime was much shorter and the directing was more restrained. So aside from that, aside from reducing the self-indulgent slowness of the drama, uh, they also eased up on the frustrating toxicity (laughs) that drove the narrative in Something in the Rain. I'll talk a little bit about the characters from One Spring Night that I ended up really loving. That's for later. But something that was so annoying about Something in the Rain was that every side character sucked. There were maybe two people who were like 100% on the main couple side. And then maybe three people who alternated between supporting them or not. And then the rest were so vehemently against them and would never budge, would never change their minds. It created this environment that was so exhaustingly negative. And only the OTP and their interactions made something in the rain barely bearable to watch. But ultimately, you know, they couldn't change the minds of the people around them so, the OTP had to run away to be happy. And the only person to witness them being happy in Jeju was the one person who never opposed them, who was, like, not that significant. Like, she's just a coworker who became a friend, you know? She's not his sister. It's not her parents or her sibling. No, it's just some friend. So in one spring night, I cannot decide if, you know, either they eased up on the us versus the world conflict. They realized, okay, we can add other forms of conflict, which they did. I'll get to that later. Or or they realized that we can still do us versus the world, but the world in this case doesn't need to be every single person in their lives. It can just be a few characters, right? With their own issues and problems with their relationship and their vested interests. So even if the romance was more passionate and the chemistry was better, in something in the rain. The romance in One Spring Night felt more wholesome. And the happy ending, to me, genuinely felt happier. Because the people that mattered to them, right? Jong'in's mom and her sisters, Jiho's son and his parents, their friends, their co workers basically, everyone that mattered actually approved of them and wanted them to be happy. So, even if the start of the relationship can be unsavory to others, even if people may judge Jiho for being a single dad, even if others may doubt that Jong In will be able to handle being a mom to someone else's child, their relationship feels like it's more likely to survive if they're sure of themselves and if the people close to them are rooting for their happiness too. You and I. We could still be happy If the world forgot to turn around again And the wind never knew to change to spring And the birds forgot to sing We could still be happy So the most important improvement they made from Something in the Rain to One Spring Night is actually writing supporting characters with their own lives and their own journeys. Like jumping back into the show for the third time, I realized how much I loved all the characters here. I love jong and sister so much. I love their bond, I love how close they are, I love how they're so fiercely protective over each other and how they always defend each other against their kind of controlling dad. I love Jong-in's older sister, so and her story is that she's seeking a divorce from her abusive husband and then she finds out that she got pregnant and decides that it's better to be a single mother than to stay with an abuser. And seeing Jong-in in a relationship with a single father, seeing Jiho being supported by his family, and now, you know, he's finding love and generally like he has his footing in life. He's doing well. I'm sure it must have been so reassuring for Soin to see that and to see that, you know, she can make it through this terrifying time and this terrifying situation in her life with the love and support from the people around her, right? Oh, I love that dynamic. I love her younger sister, Jane, who is, oh my god, if you ever want to know who I am as a K-drama character, I won't say that I'm like a main character in a K-drama, no. Like, I relate to a lot of main characters, but truly, if you want to see who I am, every aspect of me as a K-drama character, it is Jane, the youngest sister from One Spring Night. Like, you know, youngest, child who just leeches off her family and (laughs) and you know doesn't really have a plan in life and does whatever and says whatever and is fiercely loyal and will come after you if you hurt the people she loves that's me that's me she's exactly like me anyway love her (laughs) uh i also love Jong-in's mom, by the way, who is played by the same actress as the super, super toxic mom in Something in the Rain. So this is her redemption arc in the Anpan Sok cinematic universe. <laughs> anyway, I love how she stands up to her husband, right, to defend her daughters. I love how she knows that Jong-in must be secretive about the guy that she likes because there's something about him. There's some troubling thing that is difficult for her daughter to open up about, but she trusts that Jong-in would make the decision that is right for her, which is completely the opposite of the mom that she portrayed in Something in the Rain. Uh, I also love Jiho's parents and his co-workers and how they are just immediately overjoyed that he's even thinking of liking someone, that he even perceives the opposite sex. <laughs> he's doing so well as a son, as a father, as a coworker, But he deserves to show up for himself and have a life for himself and to fall in love. And everyone in Jiho's life is just extremely supportive of that. So I have to talk about this. A moment that really touched my heart was between their moms, where I think Jong-In's mom just found out about, you know, the new boyfriend having a child. And she somehow overhears... Jiho's mom talking to his boss about, you know, she's afraid that her son and her grandchild, they would get hurt. They would get judged by this other person's family. And, you know, ultimately, she's, she's afraid for her child. And then coincidentally, they meet and they realize, oh, you're the mom of the person my child is seeing. And they just sit beside each other and they just cry. They don't say anything, but they just cry and they smile and they hold hands and they reassure each other. My interpretation of this scene is it's just an outpouring of love and worry for their children, right? They're saying, you know, I love my child and I worry about my child and I will vouch for my child that they're a good person, that they won't intentionally hurt your child. But, you know, I can't help but worry. And it's just the knowledge that this other person also has a mother who cares for them as much as they as a mother care about their child. And, you know, all they can do is trust. All they can do is trust that their children know what they're doing and that they actively want to be happy and want to make the other person happy. It's just, there's so many layers to what I think it's saying. And that's the kind of writing that I love. Something gutting, you know? Something that will leave me just staring at the screen, wanting to process everything that I had seen and wanting to make meaning out of it, even without words. To make meaning out of you know, expressions out of actions i love that i love it i rarely get those kinds of shows nowadays the door. Seasons, they of how I feel. every sign is telling Another great addition to this drama is real conflict. Because if you think about it, what is the conflict of something in the rain? It's just that the people around them can't accept the relationship for reason XYZ, right? And the frustrating thing about it is that there's nothing actually wrong with, what's her name, Gina and Junhee. There's nothing wrong with them being together, right? They're not bad people. They're not really hurting anyone, right? But some people just can't accept it for this and that reason. Her mom doesn't like that he's a nobody. His sister doesn't like that her mom looks down upon them. And all those people had to do was get over themselves, but they never did. And so our leads had to get their happy ending away from everyone in their lives. In one spring night, mm, though, they, they have things to work through, right? It took Jong-in like five, six episodes to break up with her boyfriend. And even after that, they acknowledged that they can't really be together immediately. Because everyone would say that, you know, they had to have cheated to be together so quickly after she broke up with Gisok. Which she kind of was, she kind of did, you know, emotionally. But in her defense, let me just say this though. Usually people would say, oh, the relationship was over. Don't blame the new person. The relationship was already over. I was going to break up with him anyway. And that's usually an excuse. But in this case, I believe Jong when she says that, like it wasn't Jiho. I really believe that if Gisok had proposed to her, if he had taken that next step and forced her to decide, she would have rejected him and they would have ended up breaking up for real. Because that's why she's avoiding the conversation about marriage. Because she doesn't want to face the fact that she really does not see it. She really doesn't want to marry him. She really doesn't want this relationship to go anywhere. But because they never. Addressed it head-on, which once again is very out of character for her being such a straightforward person. You know, they let themselves stay in relationship limbo. And okay, can we talk about Gisok a little bit and how he's he's the closest we have to a something in the rain character that's just frustrating because, you know, he can't get over himself. But in his defense, he did feel cheated on and his ex-girlfriend chose some dude, right? That's not nearly as good as him and his background and his family and this dude even as a child. And so everything he does, he says it's for jong good. Oh, I'm I'm setting up this marriage. I'm making this marriage happen for her own good. I'm protecting her from this guy, from the shame that she's going to face. But in all honesty, it's just to protect his pride. He doesn't love Jong In. You know, if he were fighting for her because he loved her and he really felt wronged by this, I would have felt more pity for him. But let's be real, he's only doing this because he doesn't want to lose to Jiho, who he thinks is beneath him. And I love that he wasn't, yeah, the perfect little victim. Because that would make our main couple, oh, so you're just cheaters. So you just, you know, abandon this poor guy who only wanted to be with a girl that he loved. You know, you guys are terrible people. It's not really the case. He's not the perfect little victim, perfect little second lead. But it's still valid for him to feel wronged and to act out. But we're not really meant to be rooting for him to get her back because he doesn't love her. And any relationship they would have after this would not be happy. It would not lead to anything good. And I love that moral ambiguity. I love how none of them are completely right or completely wrong in this situation. I can sit with that. And aside from the gisok aspect, obviously, Jiho having a son is a real issue that they have to deal with, right? Because she's not just dating him. She also has to see, like, are you ready to be a mother, girl? Right? She, This is a package deal. You can't just have him and not have the child. So is she jumping into this too quickly? Like, right? she met the child. She met Unu. She gets along with him. But does that mean she's ready to be a stepmother? That's a whole other thing than just playing with a child and getting along with him. They also have to ask, like, is it possible that she would cheat again? Right? That she would get bored with this relationship with Jiho and with his son like she did with Gisok? Is it possible that she's just going to abandon them again? And on Jiho's side, because, you know, it's not just Jong-in who has her issues. For Jiho, has he actually healed from being abandoned by Unu's mom? Is that wound or is that insecurity going to come up again and again and again if he and Jong-in have any issues? It's really unfortunate that the drama only addressed all of these questions in episode, I think, end of episode 14 to 15. Because I think... They are infinitely more interesting than Gisok's whole thing, you know, just him not getting over himself and insisting on marrying Jong-in by arranging it behind her back. I think these, you know, internal issues are more interesting. And this is kind of where a weakness of the writing, or I guess a weakness of the chemistry is showing the insta-love aspect between Jong-in and Jiho. Because, you know, she let go of a four-year loveless relationship for some guy she just met. And then immediately, she promised to him and to herself that, no, I can handle everything. I can accept your past. I can accept your child because I love you. I love you? What? Where did that come from? That's crazy. That's crazy stuff. When they were already saying, I love you. Um, excuse me. What? (laughs) And then Jiho, this guy, has suppressed Every emotion and every impulse for so long, he has stopped living his own life for so long. And then the moment that he likes someone and is liked back, he just latches onto her and says he loves her. I'm sorry, guys. Guys, slow down. Slow down, okay? Insta-love is really, is not for me. I don't get it. This is a slow burn show only because they were forced to, because she was dating someone else, but their feelings kind of evolved really fast for my liking. So anyway, what's, what's the answer? All those things we questioned about the relationship moving forward, well, what do we do now? Well, the answer is not, you know, as long as we love each other, everything will work out. No, no, it's not. With their internal issues, all they can do is trust each other, right? Trust that they will continue to choose each other even if they have so many challenges ahead of them. It's not easy and it's not healthy to suppress their feelings and to suppress their doubts. But you know, you can't completely eliminate uncertainty from your life. You cannot be 100% sure that nothing will ever happen to shake your, your mindset or your conviction. But all they can do is really trust the other person and on their side to continue to choose the other person. That's it. That's all they can do. And then with their external issues, if they trust that the other person will make them happy... And that they will choose to make their partner happy and their loved ones trust that they are choosing what is best for themselves, what else matters? What else matters, really? Because Gisok eventually gave up and moved on, finally, and the only loose thread is jong father. But honestly, they already have the overwhelming support of the rest of their families, so I don't think his disapproval will break them. I think that was the point. That's one of those, you know, long-term challenges that they will continue to face from now on. But ultimately, they're happy. They choose to be here for each other. They choose to love each other. They choose to build this family together. And they trust each other. And their loved ones accept that they're in a difficult situation but trust that they will make each other happy and that they're choosing what's best for themselves. That's it. It's, it's basically a direct answer to how unsupportive and miserable and lonely the happy ending of Something in the Rain was. And to me, One Spring Night, every time I watch that ending, I'm just, I'm satisfied with it. It's truly one of the most satisfying happy endings for me. to be it for me today. Let's answer it definitively. What's the better drama? Something in the rain or one spring night? Obviously, the answer is, it depends. (laughs) It depends on what you think better means. Because if you think the better drama should be the romance melodrama that delivers more on the romance, on the chemistry and the butterflies in the fields, therefore, something in the rain is better. But if you think the better drama means better writing, you know, well-written, layered characters that have their own stories and relationships, more complex plot and conflict, if that creates a better drama for you, then One Spring Night's the answer. That's it! I don't even know if this is still a debate, but I'm, I'm the one giving the answer, okay? This is the final verdict. If you just care about the romance, something in the rain. If you care about, you know, the writing and the characters and the plot, yeah, One Spring Night. And really, to me, this drama is so, so special. I rated it a 9.5 out of 10. I bumped it up from 8.5 to 9.5 after my third watch. It didn't change my life or anything. We're not there. So it's not a, you know, a 10 out of 10. But 9.5, pretty much top tier in my heart, right? In my heart, it sits at the same table. Ooh, I cannot believe I'm saying this. It sits at the same table as my Liberation Notes. Oh, that's, that's big. That's a big statement. Because I feel like... I am the captain of the defense squad of these shows. I feel like if you say anything negative about One Spring Night or about my Liberation Notes, I have to... You gotta get ready for me. <laughs> Someone's gotta hold me back, though, Because <laughs> I have thoughts. I really want to defend these two to the death. Anyway, this marks the end of my Jonghae In Review trilogy, I guess. I may have some thoughts on DP2. Give me a few weeks and a rewatch because My rating was clouded by how much I loved the ending. But throughout my watch, I did have a lot of comments. We'll see. We'll see how I feel about it. But so far, it really is, you know, my best drama of the year, which is not that great. Like, I'm still waiting for a life-changing drama, you know? Or if not life-changing, just complete brain rot. But uh, nothing is giving, guys. Nothing is giving this year. But we have a lot of time. It's fine. It's fine. We have a lot of time. What else? I guess quick announcement. I will be taking a short break. I think maybe two weeks. Yeah, a two-week break. I'm gonna go on a proper vacation and actually rest and not work. I will be watching most of the new dramas coming out at the start of August. We'll see if I have any thoughts on them if I do a few First Impressions episodes But you can find me on Twitter. Yes, it's still Twitter to me. Never changed its name. Nothing has happened at all. Still Twitter uh, or Discord. If you want to chat, if you want to share something, or if you want to comment on the big debate on whether or not you like something in the rain or one spring night better, you know my answer to the question. But I would like to hear yours. Uh, That's it for me today. Thank you so much for listening, and I will see you soon. Thanks for tuning in. Feel free to leave a comment, like, subscribe, follow, and tell me what you thought about today's episode. See you soon!